Hello and welcome to the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Apodger, here for this wonderful Saturday seven-game card. It is March 26th. It's a nice little interesting slate. we got a couple teams on back-to-back, so we are not going to have all the news available. And this is a slate we are going to need to monitor it. Uh, bottom line, a lot of this is going to come down to being able to adjust on the fly, late swap. So if you're not going to be around, 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 uh, lock, be careful what you're, uh, what you're putting into this slate because I have a feeling that a lot of this is going to come down to the wire. So uh, we're not going to waste too much time here. We're going to jump right into this, right, so you guys can get back to your Saturday afternoons. Hopefully you're doing some good stuff. It's beautiful weather down here in Texas, so I'm looking, I'm looking forward to getting out there. Uh, but... Quick little, uh, quick little shout out to our presenting sponsor over at Thrive Fantasy. Guys, come prop up with us this Thrive NBA season. Thrive is the number one daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. You choose 10 of 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props, rack up the most points, and win your share of a prize pool. Thrive is over 50,000 guaranteed prizes weekly for the NBA and has awarded over $6 million so far. So when you sign up, use that promo code ETHOS, that's E-T-H-O-S, receive a 100% instant first deposit match on up to $100. You can download Thrive in the App Store, Play Store, or by visiting their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. And let me tell you, there's going to be some fun, uh, fun player props that we'll get to towards the end of the show as well. But... Let's kick it off. Sacramento, traveling to Orlando. They are taking on the Magic. For the injury report, the Magic, Wendell Carter Jr., questionable. He was kind of being listed as probable. Uh, now he's kind of downgraded to questionable. That's big news that we need to keep an eye on. Luckily, it is right before lock, so we'll have that. Uh, Jonathan Isaac, Jalen Suggs rolled out. And then for the Kings, Demonis Sabonis, Rashawn Holmes, De'Aaron Fox, Terrence Davis. All ruled out. This one is going to be a fantasy-friendly matchup despite only having a 221.5 game total. The Magic are being favored by 1.5 points. We'll start off here with Sacramento. We uh, we pretty much know the major players that we've been looking at with, you know, De'Aaron Fox and the Montesimotis rolled out. Uh, it's Davion Mitchell, 6K. We know that he's going to play a boatload of minutes. The shot attempts have been there and been consistent for him over the past four games. Uh, we're looking at 13, 14, 22, and 15 shot attempts to assist. Those go up and down, but this is a favorable matchup where I can see him getting the, you know, that middling five to six mark. He posted 28 DK points in only 24 minutes on this team earlier in the year. Granted, it was on 70% shooting, but the upside and the floor continue to be there for Mitchell at 6K. He is an option for us. Uh, my other top play over here is going to be Damian Jones. He should continue to just run at center as much as possible. And I'm, I'm much as possible is a little bit, a uh, little, little egregious, I guess I, could, I shouldn't say that. Uh, he played 30 minutes in the last one, though. He remains their best center to have on the floor. That's that's a better way of saying it. Uh, he's a high field goal percent shooter. He's not going to take a bunch of field goal attempts, but he's usually shooting somewhere around that 50 to 60% mark. And as long as he's playing anywhere between 24 and 30 minutes, at 4,400, he should have no problem paying off this salary. They're going to need his size, regardless of whether or not Wendell Carter Jr. is available to play because there's still Mo Bamba over there as well. So I do like me some Damian Jones at 4,400. I think he makes for an excellent value play on the slate. And then also keep your guy out on, you know, some of these ancillary options. Harrison Barnes at 6K is in a bad option. We should see some decent minutes and shot attempts from him. Uh, but the guy I like more is going to be Dante DiVincenzo at 5,400. I like Dante. I think I might end up with more Dante DiVincenzo than I do Davian Mitchell. 
uh, simply because they're very, very similar skill set players, both good defensively, both good to get a couple steals. Uh, both are traditional point guards when they came into the NBA, but now are stuck in that like tweener guard. But Dante also has that small forward eligibility. So at 5,400, sign me up over there. On the Orlando side of things, it's all going to come down to Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, if he sits, we're looking at Okiki. We're looking at Mo Bamba. Uh, both those guys become excellent plays. Bamba at 5,700. The minutes have not been consistent for Bamba, but we know anytime that Wendell Carter Jr. is out, that's his best chance of seeing 30-plus. Uh, it's a cakewalk matchup going against this Kings when they were healthy, little and now when they're just riddled with injuries. Uh, and same thing with Okiki. I think Okiki would be my preferred option. Again, somebody else with small forward and power forward eligibility. Dual eligibility is huge, knowing that you can construct your lineup in multiple different ways. So keep your eye on both those two guys. We kind of have to see what's going on with Wendell Carter Jr. because if he sits is when we're going to have the best avenue to play them. Uh, and I don't even mind Franz Wagner if you're looking at somebody that's probably going to be a little bit lower owned, kind of flies under the radar, especially if Wendell Carter's ruled out. Most people will go straight to Okiki and Bamba. Uh, he definitely steps in as a solid play. Next game, Indiana Pacers traveling to Toronto, taking on the Raptors. For the injury report, the Pacers, it is, it's a long one, so just buckle up. Uh, the questionable guys, Goga, Jalen Smith, Dwayne Washington Jr. Got to keep an eye on all those guys. Guys rolled out, Isaiah Jackson, Chris Duarte, TJ McConnell, Ricky Rubio, Miles Turner, TJ Ward. So we've been seeing what this team's been doing a little bit over the past few games, uh, but still some names worth keeping an eye on. And then for the Raptors, it looks like Gary Trent Jr. is questionable. Malachi Flynn ruled out. 224.5 game total. Raptors are favored by a whopping 10.5 points here. We'll start off with Indiana. Brogdon looks like he's going to be making his return here, so it's probably going to take Halliburton off the board for me with his high price of almost 10 k He's at 9800 I'll take a pass on him. I think I'll take a pass on Buddy Heald too now because now we have three guys that are going to handle the ball, three guys that are going to absorb some of this usage, uh, and it kind of takes them all a little bit out of play for me. So I'll pass on all three of those guys, but I want to keep an eye on what's going on with some of this other value here now. So if we see that Jalen Smith is ruled out, I think that puts Goga right into play despite his price increase at 5500 absolutely good with that and that would also make terry taylor a decent value play and i want to keep an eye on justin anderson because he's been playing well he's only 4k he's played 30 minutes over the past three games put up at least 33 dk points in two out of those three i have a feeling that with brogdon starting it might push him out of that starting lineup but still worth mentioning just because you know he's been crushing it um i imagine that it goes starting lineup with some like halliburton brogdon healed uh front court will probably be Brissett, goga if he's able to play but still something worth monitoring because he's been nothing but good so far. I think that when it's all said and done, my top options, if we see that Jalen Smith is ruled out, would be Goga and Terry Taylor. Those would be the guys I have the most exposure to. Uh, on the Toronto side of things, it's all going to start and end with Gary Trent Jr. Because if Trent Jr. is ruled out, I always say it, we're going back to the well of Boucher. I mean, he didn't start in that last one, but he continues to play heavy minutes. He played 33 minutes in that one. We're looking at at least 33 minutes over the last three games in which all those games he scored at least 34 DK points. It's a fantastic matchup. If the game gets out of hand, he'll still play good minutes. He's probably my favorite play over here on the Raptors. I wouldn't fault you if you want to look at some of these other spots, but with OG back, it's probably going to take Barnes out of the picture for me. Van Vliet is up at 8,700, and we got the news that he's going to be rested. His minutes might be limited a little bit here down the stretch where he's just... Somebody that's worth the 87, don't get me wrong, but that feels a little too expensive, especially in a matchup with a 10.5-point spread. If it gets out of hand, he'd probably be the first one to sit. Third game of the night, Chicago Bulls traveling to Cleveland. The Cleveland taking on the Cavs here. For the injury report, Lonzo Ball ruled out. Alex Caruso, DeMar DeRozan, both probable after DeRozan missed that last game. 
And then for the Cavs, Jared Allen, Rajon Rondo, Colin Sexton, Dean Wade have all been ruled out. We're looking at a 225.5 game total. The Cavs are favored by 1.5 points here. We'll start off here with Chicago. Everybody feels priced appropriately. Uh, there's no other way to say it. This is going to be an important Eastern Conference game, so I'm expecting that the starters play big minutes in this one. But DeRozan back in this one at 8,900 feels a little bit too pricey for me. Wouldn't fault you if you wanted to go that way, but I, I mostly almost avoid all these bowls when they're all healthy. I mean, Levine came out, had a fantastic game, as expected, with 23 shot attempts in that last one with no DeRozan. With DeRozan back in there, we could probably expect that to go more towards that 15 to 18 range, which is definitely going to impact him at 85. I think he's still in play. He's just not, obviously, like a smash home hammer play. Uh, and the same thing could be said for Vooch, who at 8,400, that's an appropriate play, but there's another center on the board that we will get to in a little while that very similar price tag that I feel a lot more comfortable with. So it's all said and done. Just don't see myself going towards anybody here. Now, Patrick Williams' minutes increase has happened. Uh, it's right around that 24 to 26 minute mark, but even at 3,300, we haven't really seen it on a consistent basis, and I don't trust it. On the other side of the ball, this is where I'm going to get more of my love. Uh, Kevin Love started in that last game, played 6,500. I talked about how important these games are for Cleveland to start winning, and if he's going to start and play 30-plus minutes, they've switched marketing back to the three where he started this season at when they had Jared Allen at the five. I want some shares. I mean, the usage, it hasn't been there, but it's the upside. It's the rebounding upside. It's the rebounding four. It's everything else that comes with Kevin Love. As long as he's playing 30-plus minutes, he routinely puts up over 30 DK points. And this is a good matchup for him. Uh, despite getting their, their starting and traditional power forward back, he's not coming off the or he's coming off the bench, and that's Patrick Williams. And even if Patrick Williams was starting, I wouldn't be scared of him in this matchup. Uh, I do like me some Kevin Love, and that's just what it comes down to. Karis LeVert came off the bench, and that is the product of Kevin Love starting. Now, if Kevin Love comes off the bench, we'll likely see Karis LeVert start. So keep your eye on the situation. Those are the two guys I have the most interest in. Uh, Kevin Love getting inserted in that starting lineup late last game, kind of really threw a hammer into uh, into the shares of having LeVert, who coming into the night was one of my favorite plays. I'm not playing Garland at 10K. I just think that we have more solid options at point guard. It's going to be a, a spot where we can get some good value tonight. So in all in all, it's really just going to be Kevin Love for me. Wouldn't fault you if you wanted to look at Mobley or Marketing. I think both those guys are comfortable and safe at their price tags, but Kevin Love is where I think the value is. Fourth game of the night, Milwaukee Bucks traveling to Memphis. A tale of stars being out here because we have Brandon Clark. I guess that's the not the major star, but John Morant, Brandon Clark, both ruled out. But we'll start off here with Milwaukee. Uh, with Drew Holiday out, which is something we already know, it's going to be a can play significant minutes. I would say 30 to 33 plus. Pat Connington should get significant minutes. Wesley Matthews will see significant minutes. Uh, all three of those guys get a, a pretty solid and uh, sizable bump. Now, if Giannis is out, it'll probably be Bobby Portis starting. But if both those guys are out, it's the usage that we're interested in. It's the shot attempts and the usage and where they're going to go. I mean, bottom line, we should see Bobby Portis just go bananas, uh, take all the shot attempts that he can handle. Same thing with Chris Middleton. Those are the obvious options. And at these price tags, while they're elevated and increased, uh, it's still worthwhile and worth monitoring and looking at. It's just Giannis and Holiday being off the floor is just a recipe for a lot of shot attempts. I mean, with Giannis out of that last one, Drew Holiday had 18 shot attempts. Giannis himself is a guy that routinely takes anywhere between, you know, 15 and 23. 
So we're talking about accruing uh, and accounting for close to 35 shot attempts, I would say at the bare minimum, to get spread around all over the place. And Middleton will not be shy, despite being at that price tag at 8700 He's probably going to be worth it. I mean, he's got 50-point upside pretty easily. Uh, the matchup, it's okay. Grizzlies defense has been pretty elite all season long, despite you know John Morant not even playing. But it's the it's that usage, it's the extra ball handling duties he's going to have. I mean, this feels like it's got a 25, like seven and seven came written red all over it for Middleton, and I would say that's probably could be damn near close to the floor. So those would be the two guys I'm primarily interested in. But like I said. Wouldn't fault you if you needed some of that mid-tier value. You wanted to go to Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton. Both those guys have small forward eligibility. We've talked about a few guys already. On the other side of the ball, we're going to continue going where we've been going. And that's going to be Tyus Jones at 5,100 with no John Morant. He should continue to see plenty of minutes, close to 30 minutes in this one. Only played 25 in that last one due to a blowout against Indiana. This one will be much closer. But he just routinely puts up at least 30 DK points. At 5,100, I'm eating the chalk again. I will keep playing him until he's 62 to 6,300. That gets to the point where we actually have to consider it. And then DeAnthony Melton with the usage. Maybe not as many minutes, but the usage continues to be there. We're talking about at least 10 shot attempts in four of the past five games. We know he has a do-it-all kind of stat line where he gets you rebounds, decent assists, blocks, and steals for the guard position. 5,300, he's in play. But the guy I like more than him is going to be Dylan Brooks at 5,800. Dylan Brooks sat out that last game, but in the, the game prior it's worth noting he sat out the last one due to it being a back-to-back uh the game prior to that though against brooklyn he played 34 minutes took 21 shot attempts the usage is going to be there for brooks we're talking at least 18 shot attempts over the past two games he's played in which he's put up at least 30 dk points in both so if we're talking about a guy that's going to be you know at least uh, playing 30 plus minutes taking at least 18 shots going against the milwaukee team that could be penetrated from three pretty easily uh that's the one spot that they kind of are a little lackadaisical on defense Sign me up. I'm, I'm playing Brooks over here at 5,800. I do like that option. I uh, wouldn't fault you if you wanted to go to Desmond Bain or Jaron Jackson Jr. Both these guys are absolutely tremendous players with 40-point upside, 50-point upside. I would say it's probably a little more safer. Uh, the floors can be a little up and down. I think that if you're looking at the more stable floor, it's going to be Bain. But both these guys certainly in play. I just think that with some of this value available, I'll, I'll probably just go with Tyus and Brooks. But wouldn't fault you if you wanted to get a little mini game stack here. Fifth game of the night, Brooklyn Nets traveling to Miami. Take it out in the heat in this one. Uh, for the injury report, we'll start off here at Brooklyn. Marcus Aldridge, Joe Harris, Deron Sharp, Ben Simmons, all ruled out. Goran Dragic is probable. Seth Curry is probable. And as we know, Kyrie Irving can now play with the band being lifted. Home games, away games, play all the time now. Uh, the heat, we do not have an injury report for them. Keep your eye on it. Keep an eye on what's going on because I I know a lot of people saw that tumultuous uh, tumultuous end to that last game uh, where we saw pretty much Ben Simmons or Ben Simmons Jimmy Butler going off on Spolstra, Udonis Haslam chipping in there. It was a uh, it was a little rowdy. Something something to keep an eye on. But uh, we'll start off here with Brooklyn. Kevin Durant eleven six. Probably not going to be playing Durant just because I think there's other studs on the slate. Like if Giannis plays, I'd rather play Giannis. Um, Kyrie Irving being in that lineup is definitely going to impact this thing. Things on both sides of the ball for these guys, but let's just get this right. These are the only two guys that are going to be taking shots. <laughs> so I wouldn't fault you if you want to go to them, but Miami's defense slows the pace. It's a tougher matchup. I don't think that I'm going to be paying full price tag for these guys. Uh, and with that being said, I don't think I'm playing anybody outside of them either. So those are the only two guys I really had any interest in. I think everybody else is priced appropriately, and I'd go elsewhere on the slate. For Miami, though, this is a spot where I do think we can get some action. Bam Adebayo comes in as one of my favorite AK-plus spend-ups. Uh, he's just been consistent. 
especially against his Brooklyn team. In three matchups this season, he's putting up about 45 DK points in 33 minutes, averaging a 24 and 11 double-double. Uh, I do like him. We know that Brooklyn's front court, even with Drummond being some sizable guy in there, it, it still stinks. Uh, there's no other way to say it. Uh, it stinks. He put up 33 DK points against that Knicks team in that last one, but he did so on only seven shot attempts. He's usually going to be hovering anywhere between 10 and 15 shot attempts on most nights. Uh, I do think this looks like it has 40 to 50 DK points written all over it for Bam. So I like me some Bam. Uh, with that being said, I think Jimmy Butler certainly comes into play as well. This is one of those get-up matchups for him. Uh, he's averaging 40 DK points at 35 minutes in two matchups against Brooklyn this season. Jimmy's playing with fire right now. As we saw him just fighting with Spolster on the sideline after they lost to Golden State. I expect this to be one where, on a back-to-back, we see him come with some fire in this matchup. Significant uh, impact on the standings for the Eastern Conference. This is going to be potentially one of the playoff matchups that we end up seeing. So expect both teams to give it their all. And expect it to be done with the two top hitters, I think, for both sides of the ball. And I'll probably leave it there. I don't think this is a matchup I would necessarily target Kyle Lowry. Although, I don't fault you if you do. But I think at 6,800, we have better point guard options. Sixth game of the night. Only two games left. OKC traveling to Denver, taking on the Nuggets for the Thunder. Lou Jens Dort, Derek Favors, Josh Giddy, Ty Jerome, Mike Muscala, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Kenridge Williams all rolled out. Shea Gilders Alexander is questionable. And then for the Nuggets, it's Jamal Murray, it's Michael Porter Jr., it's Zeke Naji, uh, the usual suspects that are ruled out. Two thirty and a half game total. Nuggets favored by a whopping 14 and a half points, which is pretty much all I need to know about this game. Uh, that's going to have me shying away from it. Um, we'll start off here with Isaiah Roby. He's the one guy that I think on the Thunder that I could have some interest in at 5K because that power forward slash center eligibility. He's averaging 27 DK points in only 18 minutes against his Denver team this season. But over the last three games, has played 26, 28, and 33 minutes, two in which those games he's put up at least 39 DK points. The stats, the numbers, they're there. Um, I mean, it's obviously a game that could easily get out of hand. If that happens, I still expect him to play significant minutes. Him and Pakoveski are pretty much playing consistent minutes at this point and should be regardless of blowouts. I, I just don't see that really changing. Uh, so 5800 if you want to look at Paku, I wouldn't fault you there. I think I prefer Roby slightly more for $800 cheaper. But I think both those guys are certainly in play. And then Trey Mann, if Shea's out, uh, should see all the shot attempts in the world he can handle. He's taken at least 19 shot attempts in three out of the last four games outside of that last game against Orlando, which he only played 29 minutes, took 12 shot attempts. He's been consistent. Those are the three guys I'm looking at the most. If you're trying to get, you know, cute and run it back with two studs here, Shea versus, you know, uh, Jokic, that's that's an option. But I would only lean that way in large field GPP tournaments where you're building multiple lineups, that sort of thing. Because I, I do expect this game to get out of hand. And that's not the, the course or the route I would take with spending my money in a game like that scenario on uh, on this one. Uh, Jokic is the only guy I'm looking at on the other side of the ball. It's that simple. I prefer Giannis over him if Giannis plays. If Giannis doesn't play, uh, then you could go that route. But I'll probably just end up hitting that mid-tier pretty hard and avoiding a lot of these spend-ups. I think if that's the case, I'd rather play a guy like Kyrie Irving uh, at 10-9 in a more competitive game, despite the game total being much, much less. All right. Last game of the night, the late game hammer. Houston Rockets traveling to Portland, the battle of bad teams. This one should be uh, should be filled with some fancy value, nonetheless. I think there's going to be a lot of options. 232.5 game total with the Rockets being favored by 3.5 points. We'll start off here with Houston. A lot to like. Uh, bottom line, there's just a lot of good options to go around. If you wanted to spend the 8500 on Christian Wood, I would not fault you one bit. 
Uh, this is a tasty matchup for him, but I think that I'd rather play Bam. I'd rather play Jimmy. I'd rather play some of these other options. Uh, if anywhere, I'm going to go to Kevin Porter Jr. at 62, and I'm going to look at Jalen Green at 58. I think both these guys, the usage continues to be there. Point guards have just been destroying Portland over the past week or two. Uh, I think that that trend continues here for a guy that routinely takes double-digit shot attempts. He's only coming off of a game with nine against them in that last one. We just saw these two teams face off. It is a back-to-back going against them again. Game got out of hand, and Portland got smoked. This game stays a little closer. I think we're looking at closer to 32 to 33 minutes from Kevin Porter Jr. He's taken more than nine shot attempts, and he's putting up anywhere between 30 to 40 DK points. So 6,200, absolutely sign me up. I'm good with Kevin Porter Jr. And the same thing goes for Jalen Green. I mean, we just saw him take 16 shot attempts against his team last night, only in 28 minutes, put up 30 DK points. If the game stays closer, he's playing 32 to 35, and we're probably looking at 35 DK points from him. So... Uh, those are the three options I'm looking at, but for the most part, it's going to be those two. I expect Eric Gordon to sit this one out with it being the second half of a back-to-back, which will give extra minutes to Garrison Matthews, extra minutes to Dennis Schroeder. Uh, those would be the two guys that you're probably targeting, if anybody, but keep your eye on the news. I, I expect him to sit. On the Portland side of the ball, usual suspects for me over here. Uh, Josh Hart continues to be out. We've seen Chris Dunn pretty much drawn some starts in the last one. He played uh, he played backup on Friday, but there's a decent chance in the back-to-back he ends up starting in this one. Keep your eye on it. Only played 19 minutes, but for a guy that routinely is playing you know, mid-20s, uh, I think he gets back there. This game will probably stay a little closer than that last night's game. So I, I do have some interest in Chris Dunn. Uh, and then, I mean, the only other real consistent points of, of emphasis for this team have been Drew Eubanks and Trent Watford. Everybody else has been a little up and down. But keep your eye on those guys. Uh, they're priced appropriately. I don't think there's a ton of value there. If, if you're looking for more value, I think it's going to be in Ben McLemore at 4K. Going against his former team, running gun style for both these guys, high pace. Uh, 4K is a good price tag for him. It's probably all, the, all I'm really looking at over here. I think everybody else is kind of chopping up and dipping up minutes at this point where, you know, would I fault you for going anywhere? No, I think they're, they're all solid options, but I also think that we've talked about plenty of value and plenty of options on the slate. So we'll get to our player tier segment. Top tier studs that I'm looking at here. It's Giannis if he plays at 11-8 in this Memphis team. I'm expecting that game to be competitive, which means that we should get 35-plus minutes from Giannis, which means we get a big game from Giannis, one of the better point-per-minute producers in the league. Uh, and then I will go with Bam Adebayo at 8,300. Love this matchup going against Brooklyn. He's averaging almost 45 DK points against him this season. Uh, the centers have been atrocious at guarding. Oh, well, I'm, I said that wrong. Centers have been great against the atrocious front court of Brooklyn. So sign me up for Bam. If we're looking in the mid-tier range, there are a lot. And when I say a lot, I mean a lot of options that we can look at here. Uh, we'll go with Tyus Jones, 5,100, because he's right. I'm teetering on that line of a value play. We know that there's no John Morant. This game should be competitive. No Drew Holiday defense. Sign me up. I'm good with Tyus Jones at 5,100. And then it's between Dylan Brooks, Kevin Love. I think both those guys are certainly in play. If Kevin Love starts and is going to play 30-plus minutes every night now going forward because they need to kind of help their standings. Uh, yeah, I, I, I want some shares of that. So we'll go Kevin Love there. But a lot of a lot of good mid-tier options on this site. That's why I said I don't think you necessarily need to spend up. Um, you know, could have went with Davian Mitchell. Could have went with some of those guys over there in OKC. Uh, there's a lot of good value. Um, Goga. I, I mean, the list goes on. A lot of good mid-tier value over here. Uh, and now we will get to the value plays too, obviously. I think Damian Jones at 4,400 makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, when we're just looking at guys that are less than 5K, he fits the build as somebody who has a good floor, solid ceiling, uh, and should easily pay off that $4,400 price tag, especially in a matchup against Orlando. 
sign me up. If we happen to see Wendell Carter Jr. misses, I think Okiki comes into play as a rock-solid value as well. 4,800, so he's just on that mark, but guy that routinely puts up 30 DK points for us when we see that Wendell Carter Jr. sits. But I don't know if he is sitting. I don't think anybody does at the moment, so keep your eye on it because we do not have that news, and that would be a big one for the slate. And I'm not chasing that John Conchar game. I talked about him on the podcast. He's somebody I had plenty of shares of. But with Dylan Brooks likely back, he's probably not going to be playing 25 minutes. Just keep in mind whenever Brooks sits, as long as John Morat's out, he is going to be a top value player of mine. If we need one more, Ben McLemore. And now that we'll slide over to the Thrive Fantasy. See what we got going on over here. Uh, I'm looking at Mo Bamba if Wendell Carter Jr. sits. The 10.5 rebound over at 110 points. I think that's enough points to warrant that. It's always tough. We don't know what kind of mints we're going to get, but I feel like if you're going to target that kind of line, you're going to do it on a night where Wendell Carter Jr. sits. So just keep your eye out for that news. And then, I mean, there's a couple lower ones I think we can easily get out of this. Um, if you wanted to look at like the Desmond Bain rebounds and assists, I like that one. 105. Eight and a half. Good there. There's a couple options that we have here. Jalen Grains, I like his for an even 100. 23 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. And this back-to-back against the team they just played. Poor defense, up pace, all that good stuff. But that's it. That takes home the entire slate. Knocked out 25 minutes for you guys. So thank you for listening. As always, you can follow me on Twitter. At Mike Apatria. M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. I do apologize for anybody that did try to get into our contest. It's not filling. It's just wrong place, wrong time. Well, we got March Madness going on. We got people getting ready for their fancy playoffs. We got uh, baseball drafts happening right around the corner as well. So... You know, we'll try to get one going during the playoffs where we'll fill up. I, I do apologize. I was looking forward to it. Uh, I mean, bottom line. But we tried. We did try. So we'll be back tomorrow. It'll be Harris Kamani taking on that Sunday slate. He'll record that in the morning for y'all. And then we'll be breaking down it Monday slate on Sunday night together. So Harris doing double time on Sunday. Take care, guys. And let's go crush some GPPs. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.